are living your story right now in this moment. You know, no two stories are alike. We are all unique. We all have a different lens through which we see the world. We all have something to contribute, to share, to be. That uniqueness takes courage. It's not easy to stand in your truth. It's not easy to let yourself be vulnerable, to be really seen, to be really heard. So many of us hide. So many of us stay hidden. So many of us make the choice to step forward, to own who we are, to own our stories, to share our voice. The tide is turning. We're moving into a space of deeper vulnerability, courage, authenticity, and love. We're moving closer to greater self-love, self-acceptance, honesty, and empowerment. To get there, to get to that space, means we have to authentically share who we are. It means we have to authentically show up as our true selves. The magic is in sharing who you are. The magic is in sharing your story. That's where this series comes in. Own your voice. Love yourself. Stay true to your story. Dive deep into your vulnerability. Shine in your authenticity. Once you do, there's no stopping you. Stay honest. Stay brave. Stay true to who you are. Welcome to Seek the Joy Podcast, the power of storytelling. Hey, Seek the Joy listeners. My name is Martel Catalano, and I'm honored to share my story with you as part of this amazing podcast's storytelling series. I am a lover of all things self-care and wellness, which is why I love this show. In my professional life, I am a yoga teacher public speaker, and most importantly, the founder of a nonprofit focusing on stress management. I am 29 years old, I'm a Virgo, and I live in beautiful upstate New York. But a little bit about me, because I definitely was not always the person that I am today. In fact, I was pretty much the opposite. When I was 13 years old, I was diagnosed with a rare disease that, while we didn't know it at the time, would have a profound impact on my life and, of course, the life of my family as a whole. I realized at this young, vulnerable age that I couldn't see normally, especially at night. After being shuffled around to various kinds of eye doctors, we were told that I had a rare genetic disease called retinitis pigmentosa. No one else in my family had RP, making it a recessive gene that was impacting my vision. We never even heard of RP before. We found out that RP slowly kills off the rods in your retina, which are responsible for night vision, but also peripheral vision. So while we didn't really discuss it much at the time, and I was thankfully left to live out my teenage years with normalcy, I was also slowly losing my vision as a whole from the outsides in, in addition to losing my night vision pretty drastically. As time went on, it's fair to say that I dissociated from my disease. I did not want to acknowledge it. I wanted to be normal as anyone with any kind of chronic illness can attest to. 
However, the problem with this strategy is that I started to redistribute that stress to other parts of my life. I developed a decade-long battle with food and my body, everything from anorexia to bulimia and binge eating disorders. I was medicated for chronic anxiety and depression. I lashed out at people I love most, therefore straining our relationships. I even developed other ailments in my body from the stress of creating all of this drama. Basically, I distracted myself really, really well from this unfixable problem of blindness by creating problems that I could fix. Fast forward through high school, through college, through some adult years after college, where I was stuck in the depths of anxiety, depression, and denial, and eventually you get to who I am today. I realized about three years ago that I needed to address my illness. I saw what it was doing to my life, to my relationships, to my body, and I didn't like it. I knew that we can either ignore things, complain about things, change things, or accept things. I could not change having RP. It gets worse with time after all, so ignoring it was only pushing me further and further away from this truth. The truth of being a visually impaired person and legally blind someday in the future but also the truth of who I am and who I wanted to be underneath it all. I honestly didn't know who I was at this point, though, after so many years of depression. So I started studying yoga. And not just the poses you do on the mat, but the ancient true practice of yoga, which is redirecting the mind away from the spiraling thoughts anchored in the past and imagined in the future and navigating it back to the present moment. In other words, what we often call mindfulness. Over time, I became intentionally aware of my thought patterns, programming, narratives, and limiting beliefs. It wasn't always a fun journey, but it drew me out of the depths of anxiety and depression when I realized that I was so much more than those stories I had told myself, even the story of denial, and that I was so much more than what this disease was taking from me. In fact, I began to be able to see what kinds of things it was giving to me, the gift of introspection the gift of empathy, and eventually the gift of helping others, which leads me to who I am today, someone who shares my story on a daily basis. In my own work, I use my personal journey to show others how we can overcome our limiting beliefs around chronic illness. More so, I educate on how to manage the constant anxiety that inherently comes with living with something that we can't simply fix. Two years ago, I met my best friend, Nell, which spurred the nonprofit that I now run. My friend now has cystic fibrosis, a disease that is totally different than retinitis pigmentosa. But when we met, we realized we could relate to one another on an emotional level and support each other. In fact, it helped that we didn't have the same thing because it took away that sense of, that scary sense of comparison and commiseration and venting. We realized this between ourselves and we thought we could extend it to others. So we created an online support group called Beyond My Battle with the theme of encouraging others to use positivity and mindfulness to rise above their own diseases and disabilities, a place to move away from the negativity that is often present in support groups that focus on just one condition and to focus instead on what we can do to manage our stress, to be more mindful and to take care of ourselves who we are ultimately beyond our respective battles and what we can all do to remember that truth. 
After about six months of success in the support group, we realized there was a real need for more education around this topic. This idea that set us on fire was the well-known connection between stress and illness. And as two people living with chronic illnesses ourselves, we knew firsthand that stress only makes us more sick, and it had at various points in our own lives. We didn't want people with chronic illnesses becoming more sick than they already were because of their stress. So we decided to set out on a mission of creating tools for them to manage the emotional stress of living life with a chronic illness or disability. What's more is that we decided that Beyond My Battle would do this for the loved ones of these people too, because that is also really stressful. And because people living with medical conditions need strong, supportive, healthy relationships at home. Sharing my story has ultimately changed my life and launched my career. If I didn't start talking about what it felt like to have an incurable, invisible illness, I wouldn't have started Beyond My Battle which is now helping people all over the world. Not to mention, I have a sincere sense of self now, now that I've removed the veil of denial and focused on living in the present moment, even if it means knowing every day that I'm slowly going blind. At the end of the day, my dream is to grow beyond my battle. It's as simple as that. Our organization has the capacity to educate people near and far through the use of online tools and speaking publicly about the connection between stress and chronic illness, teaching this population about the importance of self-care and self-love. Growing any nonprofit means raising money and spreading awareness. So that's where my dream lies. At the end of the day, it is reliant on the goodness of people in the world, people who care about this cause and want to help us make it happen. I feel that if I keep showing up as my authentic self and sharing my story and the story of Beyond My Battle, that goodness will find its way back to us through the law of attraction. This is the Integrated Hustle, the power of storytelling. Hey everyone, I'm Lena, an entrepreneur and business coach. And I'm Ami, I'm a recovering corporate attorney and a career and business coach. Together, we're the Integrated Hustle. We coach women who are ready to change careers or start a business to find work-life balance and reach their financial goals. Today, we're going to tell our stories of how we got here. So, Ami... What made you decide to transition your career and become a coach? I came to coaching through my work as an attorney. I never intended to be a lawyer forever, and I became a lawyer to create stability for myself in the wake of the 2008 recession and, for me, the corresponding unemployment that went with it. I knew intimately the struggle of job searching for eight hours a day. I knew what it felt like to push the button on the New York State unemployment website to collect my wages each week and I knew what it felt like to not be able to pay the rent on my own. I promised myself that I would never be in that position again. Enter law school. The promise of a six-figure salary and a prestigious line item on my resume became an all-consuming goal. At 24 years old, I knew that if I could just get into one law school, I'd be okay. And I got in. I gave notice at my communications job that paid me $36,000 a year, And I started to dream about what it would mean to be earning real money. You know, the kind that solves all your problems and counteracts the deep intensity and sacrifice that are part of working at a mega law firm. I really enjoyed law school, but actually being a lawyer in the context of big law in Manhattan was another story. 
I was incredibly successful and also incredibly unhappy. I felt that my time was not my own. I loved the numbers that kept adding up in my bank account, but I hardly had the time to enjoy them. I wasn't working the longest hours in the history of the world, but I was constantly anxious about making plans or being able to keep them. Uncertainty and baseline anxiety had become my new normal, and I really did not want this to be my normal for the rest of my life. So how did you change this scenario? Well, I switched from a very large law firm to a mid-sized law firm that had better work-life balance, and I started to dream about what life could look like outside of this traditional context. I started working with a therapist. I did informational interviewing on a regular basis. I talked to many ex-lawyers and learned how they had transitioned away from the law. In May 2017, armed with a healthy savings account and a dose of courage, I left the law firm and opened my own solo legal practice to try my hand at practicing law in a way that I thought might work better for me. And in doing so, I gave myself the great gift of time. By working for myself, I radically changed the number of hours I needed to work in order to make a living. And with that time, I thought about what I really loved. And what did you discover? It was so simple. It's people. It's relationships. It's coaching, support, and mentorship. I had been mentoring the women I worked with from the very beginning of my career and loved nothing more than helping them step into their own best versions of themselves. Constant learning by talking to new people and learning about their life's journey is what makes me tick. It energizes me. I thrive on making connections and getting to the core of what inspires people, and in turn, sharing my own experiences to help others who want to be brave. During that process, Lena and I reconnected around our enthusiasm for entrepreneurship and the power that comes with defining your own path. I was a guest speaker at her Legal 101 workshop, and we realized we had a common goal of empowering women to start their own businesses and make big changes, just like the ones that we have made ourselves. I have navigated high-powered, traditional corporate America, lost myself, and then found myself again in the process. As I let myself dream of other career paths and acknowledge all that I had accomplished, I began to truly understand my superpowers and my own capacity for growth. I became increasingly confident in my ability to start something new and make it work, even if it was through trial and error. Enter the integrated hustle. So me, what have you learned from sharing your story? In telling my story, I found so many other women who are torn between financial stability and a career they love. I know that not all women want to make the changes I have made but I am here to support any woman who's ready to find her way back to herself in a way that works for her. It's about aligning who you are with what you do on a daily basis and rolling all the versions of you up into a singular version of you, a capable, powerful leader with the capacity to create a fulfilling life and career. So what's your biggest dream? My dream is to spend all of my working time empowering women to speak their voices, harness their superpowers, and make the changes they want for themselves by taking action. I believe we all have the ability and the power to create a life that we love. We simply have to be brave enough to demand it. I have learned how to be brave, and I want to empower other women to do the same. That's become my integrated hustle. 
So, Lena, what led you to start coaching? It was 2009, and the recession was in full swing. I'd combed New York City for cool condiments that were all natural, made with real ingredients, uniquely flavored, and with a cool story. Like the stuff that I made at home with my friends. But there was nothing. I decided the best way to fix this was to make my own. In July of 2009, I launched Anarchy in a Jar. I started my business on a whim, absolutely for fun. I had just turned 30 and I had no savings, but I did have gumption. I found a chef willing to let me use his restaurant kitchen in the mornings before service. I threw jamborees where guests could judge my flavor experiments, and I talked enthusiastically to everyone about my new venture. At first, I cooked these tiny batches of delicious jam, mustard, and pickled fruit, filling the jars by hand and selling them at my friend's underground food market and delivering them on my bicycle. But my authenticity and enthusiasm paid off, and by 2010, I was selling at Whole Foods, was featured in the New York Times Magazine, and had increased my production by 600%. Anarchy in a Jar has evolved steadily throughout the years. Lena, what was your mission when you founded Anarchy in a Jar? My biggest mission when I founded Anarchy in a Jar was to make other people as passionate about real food as I am, and to use food to build connection and community. And that's really my, still my core mission today. This inclination led me to my new venture with Ami, to start helping other women start businesses. My coaching journey began with me helping my female employees launch brands of their own over the decade that I've had my business, giving them the knowledge, space, press, and public platform to ensure a successful infancy. I realized I had all of this experiential knowledge that was vital to launching a lean 21st century brand. Knowledge you can't find in books or by reading Forbes. The more I shared this knowledge, the more I realized how fulfilling and necessary it was, both for my clients and for me personally. I started teaching workshops as a way to formally help new entrepreneurs. And when I invited a me to join me for our Legal 101 class, we realized what an awesome duo we made. My business experience and Ami's wealth of legal knowledge and networking chutzpah is a winning combination. And we both share a passionate drive to help people live their best life and achieve their personal vision of financial freedom. The integrated hustle was absolutely born out of necessity. We're providing a solution to a real vital problem, helping women find balance and financial freedom through career changes, and simultaneously helping ourselves find meaning, empowerment, and connection in our own lives. And Lena, what have you learned from sharing your story? The cool thing about this work is it helps me be a better entrepreneur myself and helps clarify my own personal journey. When I emphasize the need for self-care and contemplative practice to my clients, it reinforces that need in my own life. What's particularly awesome is how being a coach, you really learn how to listen, to ask questions that might seem uncomfortable, and most of all, to be brave. And not only to be brave, but to own and energize my own bravery. What's your biggest dream right now? My big dream is to continue sharing my knowledge and experience with women to help them find a better work-life balance and hopefully fulfill their dreams. Hi, 
Hi there. This is Amy Ogden. I am um, so excited to be on the Seek the Joy podcast. Um, Thank you so much for having me. I'm going to go ahead and just first introduce myself and then tell you a little bit about my story. I am the Senior Vice President of Brand for J Public Relations. We're one of the world's top luxury travel PR and social media agencies. And then um, when I'm not working my dream job, um, I also have a blog and a podcast, both called Sips of Sunshine. I recently gave a TEDx talk this year all about breaking the cycle of inadequacy and really embracing abundance and sufficiency in your life. Um, So I'm really, really excited to be here and share my story with you all today. It's um, really a story about like a major kind of a life transition that I had, and I hope that it inspires you. So in 2014, I was 37 years old and I was living in San Diego. I was living what anyone would consider to be a very charmed life by all accounts. I had a large townhome downtown, a great group of friends. I loved my job. I had a golden doodle named Lola, you know, a beautiful BMW, you know, everything that you would think you would want as a 37-year-old living in a great city and life was really good. But I could just feel this calling in my soul that I needed to make a change and that I needed to make a really big change, not just a new home or a new car or a new haircut, but something really serious. I'd visited New York pretty often uh, for work, and I just had always told myself that New York was a special place for special people, um, and I was normal, and I didn't have the secret password or I didn't know the secret handshake to live in New York, and besides, I was too old. I decided at some point that you either move to New York young and broke or you just don't move there at all. And so at 37 years old, um, not young, not broke, I just thought the window had really passed. So I was visiting New York a lot for work and, um, you know, one day on one of my many trips to New York, it wasn't even this big like aha moment. It was just this really calm knowing that this was where I belonged and I could hear this voice tell me I needed to do it. And I still remember I was sitting outside of a cafe in West Village. Um, It was a beautiful summer day. I was sitting on the bench alongside the building just looking around and thinking like, I can't even imagine doing this, but I think I can do it. And what's really funny is I remember even saying to myself at the time, okay, maybe I could do it, but there's no way I could live in this neighborhood. And today I live around the corner from that cafe. So you just never know, right? So I had this just knowing peaceful moment. I knew I needed to do it. But I also knew that choosing this meant giving up a really phenomenal life in San Diego. Um, I didn't have to give up my job. I was blessed to have a job that would work with me to move, thank God. But, you know, I loved my coworkers who I worked with every day. They were my best friends, Um, my friends in the city, uh, my dog. She was this stunning, large, high maintenance, you know, grooming kind of animal. And so... The biggest act of love I've probably ever had, I gave her to my best friend, who is the best mom in the whole world, and Lola's living her best California life to this day. Um, But I needed to make the move. 
So I told my best friend first, we were going on a long walk in the morning and I, I cried and she cried. And then I told my company and I, I moved with the job and it was more of a how, not an if kind of discussion. And then I told everyone, I still remember my heart just like racing as I posted on Facebook and that felt really real. Like that was kind of like no turning around at that point once it was Facebook official. Um, but you know, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared for how small New York apartments are, the challenges of owning the dog in the city. That was when I made the decision to give her to Rebecca. Um, and I did it over the course of a few months. I gave away or sold everything I owned. And I mean everything. I packed my life into seven moving boxes and I moved to New York. Um, and it was crazy, right? Because, you know, I had always told myself, you do this young and broke or you don't do it at all. And I was at the, at the time, the peak of my career, the most successful I'd ever been. Um, and here I was trading the grandest life I'd ever had for a 400 square foot studio apartment and my life packed into seven boxes. And I just remember sitting one day looking at the few things I had and just going, what have you done? Um, but here we are. I want you to fast forward three and a half years. I'm now 42. I just turned 42 last week. I live in the most gorgeous studio apartment in the West Village. It's small, but I love it so much. I have everything I need. I live in my dream neighborhood. I live on my dream street. I live across the street from the Friends building. Um, and if you watch Friends, I'm pretty sure that makes me ugly naked guy. <laughs> um, and since moving to New York, I found more inspiration and creativity than I ever even knew I had within me. It's funny, before I moved here, I used to say, oh, I don't get along with creatives. Um, creatives don't like me. Creatives don't like working with me. And now I think I'm a creative, <laughs> which is crazy. I'm writing a novel. Like I said, I have my blog. I have my podcast. I just gave a TEDx talk. I found this expressive, vulnerable, creative human that I think has always been here and she just didn't know when or where to rise. Um, I feel like the city's made me better. I dig deeper. I try harder. I say more. I hold back less. I care less. I give more. And there's something about giving up everything you have to find out who you really are. So that's sort of the story. And I think, you know, I was trying to think like, what's the message in this? What's the lesson in this? And I have to say the lesson is I want you to listen to that voice, the voice that tells you to call someone, the voice that tells you to send that email, to make that move, to try that thing. I really want you to listen, you guys. It's not just your brain bouncing around ideas. That voice in your head is a powerful force. It's the force that sees beyond what you can see right now. And it knows what risks it's asking you to take. I really think there's magic there. And I think you can't see it because you're in the moment, but that voice isn't. That voice is bigger than you. And that voice is, is, is more seeing than you. And so when you hear that voice, whether it's give away everything you own, give up your dog and move with your life packed into seven boxes, or whether it's maybe you should try a dance class, I really want you to listen to it. Um, and so that's what I've learned and what I wanted to share with you. And my biggest dream, I just want to know that my life is meaningful. I want to know that my friends and my family and even people who don't know me are better for either just hearing my words or hearing my story. 
and that something I've done or that something I've said moves you in some way to try something you never would have done or never would have said if we hadn't had this moment together. So thank you so much for listening to um, this podcast. And again, it's just such an honor for me to be a part of the Seek the Joy family and to share this with you. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening. This is Seek the Joy podcast, the power of storytelling. Join us, share your story. For more information and to get involved, visit seekthejoypodcast.com. This series airs the third week of every month. And make sure to join us for Seek the Joy Tuesday. Until then, thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your bravery. Thank you for your joy. Thank you for being here. And thank you for listening.